How we doing? Shout out to uh, Fort Worth and Houston and Tulsa and El Paso and Chicago and Florida and South Africa. Young adults around the world, changing the world. I love it. It's so great to be with you guys. So great to be with you guys. Hey, I want to start uh, this evening by introducing you to someone. Uh, his name is Vinny, and he desires to be a genderless alien. And so what that means is uh, he has spent $50,000 on over 110 procedures to make him a genderless alien. He's had two rhinoplasties. He's had uh, cheek implants, brow implants, lip filler, uh, lots of surgeries, lots of money spent. Uh, here, here he is. Uh, there is Vinny. Uh, he has plans to spend... <laughs> nice. Yeah, he'll be waiting for you up front. Uh, he has plans to spend another $160,000 on removing his genitals, his nipples, and his belly button. No whistle on that? No, okay, all right. Um, it sounds crazy, huh? Sounds crazy. The source of what he's doing is not crazy. It's not out of the ordinary, it's not abnormal, not even strange, really, really normal. See, the source of what Vinny's doing is he's following his heart. That's the advice, I watched him on Botched and a couple other interviews that he did, and, and that's the advice his friends has, have given him. Hey, Vinny, you should do whatever you feel like doing. If that's what you feel like, if you feel like a uh, non-sexual alien, then that is what you should become. And you and I are guilty of the exact same things that he's doing, and maybe we can pull it off better than he is. Maybe we don't look so noticeably different as he does, but all of us have followed our feelings, our emotions, our gut, this thing that we have inside that takes us in and out of jobs and in and out of relationships. You say, I don't want to work. Uh, I want to work wherever I feel like working or I don't feel like doing this job anymore, so I'm leaving. So it's just to say I don't enjoy it or I'm not fulfilled by it or I want to date whoever I feel like dating. I, I, I want to buy whatever I feel like buying. I want to do whatever I feel like doing. And if I'm close to God or not, it's determined by how I feel. And in fact, some of us don't have any other matrix for making decisions but how we feel. That's, that's become really, really normal today. You, you, you look at a decision and you ask the question, well, if I'm going to go right or left, I'm going to base that decision on how I feel. And, and that's really normal in 2017. But the scripture tells us something really, really different. And so I want you to think about your most shameful moment. Maybe it was waking up to a stranger or looking at something that wasn't yours or Lying in bed with the room spinning, maybe it's all of those things, maybe it's something bigger, maybe it's deep regret that you felt from a decision that you made and you're wondering how you got there and I want you to know how you got there just like Vinny did. You got there following your desires. You got there doing what you wanted to do. 
And you think, yeah, 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 but JP, I'm not like Alien Boy. Maybe not. But some of the decisions that you'll make in your life are even less reversible than 110 procedures on your face. And you can get there the exact same way. So we're in this series called Bad Advice where we're gonna look at advice that the world gives us, advice that your friends and your coworkers and maybe your family would say, hey, this is what you should do. And we're gonna take that advice that's common today in today's culture and we're gonna compare it to what the scriptures say. These, this old dusty book that was written by the creator of the heavens and the earth given to us to follow it. I've never done what it said and regretted it many times. I've not done what it said and regretted it every time. We're gonna see some advice from thousands of years ago that I think you're gonna see remarkably applicable to your life today. The advice that Vinny followed from his friends was very simple. It's advice you followed. It's follow your heart. Follow your heart. Bad advice, number one, follow your heart. And so when we follow our feelings and we make decisions based on our feelings, we alienate ourselves from truth, which can be far more damaging than plastic surgery. See, the scripture says in Jeremiah 17, verse nine, that the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? And you say, but wait, JP, wait. I've heard that the Holy Spirit gives me a new heart. When I trusted in Jesus, I've got a clean heart, a pure heart. That's only half the story, Jeremiah 17, 9. In fact, Romans 6, 17 says this, but thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. I sought to reconcile these two ideas. I asked an um, incredible theologian and friend of mine, Todd, and just said, hey, can we trust our regenerate heart, our new heart? And he said, yes. But until you're with Christ, your degenerate heart or old heart is never fully dead. And your, your new heart, your believing heart, your heart with God's spirit is still corruptible by the things that you engage yourself in this world. This is very important for us to understand and it's what the scripture teaches tonight. And so I wanna convince you that if you fill your heart with the wrong things, it impacts what you are attracted to, how you think. It causes destructive patterns in your life. And in fact, you will waste your life chasing the next fleeting pursuit of your heart. But... If you fill your heart with the things of God, you will find healthy thinking, healthy living. You will find life and have it abundantly. Who doesn't want an abundant, full life? So we're gonna be in Proverbs chapter four this evening. The first nine chapters of Proverbs to set this up, it's written by a father speaking to a young child. Solomon is most likely recorded these. Uh, it's 10 lectures and all the lectures have the same basic message is this, value wisdom, seek to become wise, listen to the Father's teaching, and it will lead you to life. And so we're gonna look at lecture seven here in Proverbs chapter four. I'm gonna read the whole thing and we'll draw out some instructions, specifically how we don't follow an unguarded heart, what happens if you do, and how we, before you leave, how we inform our heart. And so Proverbs four, starting in verse 20. It says, my son, pay attention. In the Hebrew, this is like a. That's what I do with my kids. Hey, 
Look at me, look at daddy. That, that's what it's saying here. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. See, your heart is a storage container for truth. Or it's a storage container. You could put lies in it. You could put truth in it. You could put whatever you want. But it's telling us there's, it's, it's where you store things. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. That's the promise of this text is life and health. And then it says this is very familiar text. Ladies, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. This is not just a text about to women about dating, okay? That's not. Men, I want you to listen to this. You're gonna learn a lot this evening too. Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot far from evil. We're gonna unpack this text. So the scripture it's saying right here, it doesn't say follow your heart, it says to guard it. My first point is this, don't follow an unguarded heart. Don't follow an unguarded heart. Verse 23, first half, above all else, guard your heart. What does it mean? Above all else, guard your heart. What does that mean? It means this, be careful what you let in. Do we think about this enough, what we're letting in our heart? This, this word for guard, it's, it's how you would guard a castle in this time. You would, there would, somebody armed would stand up front and they would be ready to kill with force any enemy that is willing to come in. They would take them with force. It's saying this is how you guard your heart. You protect it. You decide what goes in and what comes out with an armed soldier. And it's not just this command, like I said, for ladies who are dating. It's very relevant. It says to keep your heart. That word keep, your text might say keep, it's like preserve it, like keep it from going bad, like did the milk, did the milk keep? And, and it's telling us something really key. Your heart can go bad. Your heart can spoil. Your heart can turn on you. It, it, can, it can become this untrustworthy thing. And he says above all else, Maybe yours says with all vigilance, uh, I'm sorry, vigilance or with all diligence. He's saying more than anything. What is he, why would he say God? God, the creator, the one you believe in. If you're here and you're a follower of Christ, you've trusted in this God. You put your life in his hands and he's telling you something really key. More than you guard anything, guard your heart. More than you guard your truck with an alarm more than you guard your apartment with alarm, more than you would, would put your money in an in a FDIC-insured bank with pillars and a vault, more than you'd guard any other single thing that you possess. Spend more time, energy, and resources into guarding your heart. The heart is the most protected vital organ, but we're not talking about that thing that pumps blood inside of you. We're talking about your emotional quotient. We're talking about the inner core of a person, your thoughts, your, your feelings, your desires, your values, your will, and choices that make a person who he or she is. That's, that's what we're talking about, your heart. And it's fragile and valuable and powerful. You protect things that are fragile and valuable and powerful. Why? Think about it for a minute. 
Recently, I got some terrible news. A dear friend of ours, they were pregnant. We celebrated that, and they, they lost their baby in the womb. And so sad. I was grieving with them. And, and when, you know, the day, my day was going great. Everything was going great. I was working on this message, actually. And all things were, you know, birds chirping, sun shining, skies blue, temperatures perfect. All is right in the world. And this news comes in to my heart by way of my ears, through my brain, into my emotional quotient and turns my world upside down in a moment. And all of a sudden, the world fades to grayscale, scale, food. I ate at my favorite place, ate my favorite burger on this day and just tasted blah. God felt far. Not that he was far, he felt far. You ever done that? Maybe for you it wasn't the loss of a child. Maybe it was a breakup. You ever done this? Woke up not feeling like you wanted to get out of bed? Like everything's wrong? Maybe some of you are right there right now, but others of you, you can remember where you were. You're not there right now. You've healed. Times changed things, but in that moment, it felt hopeless. Why? Because your heart, something crept in your heart and turned it, and it turned your life. Do you see how powerful this is? Feelings, they're so powerful. You guys ever seen um, Pixar's Inside Out? I'm sorry, it's gonna be a tough illustration. <laughs> I, I'm interested in Pixar. They're so good at what they do, and, and I've learned in reading about them how they make these blockbusters. They ask a simple question, and it's this question, what if blank had feelings? You tracking with me? They, they ask, hey, what if... Something had feelings. Let me, some of you are confused. Let me give you an example. In 1995, they asked, what if toys had feelings? What's that? Okay, in 98, they asked, what if bugs had feelings? Okay, okay. And then they asked in 2001, what if monsters had feelings? Okay, now we're playing. And then they said, what if, what if fish had feelings? Yeah. And then they said, what if, what if cars had feelings? And then they said, what if rats had feelings? And then they said, what if robots had feelings? And then they asked, what if Scotland had feelings? Okay, that was a tough one. And then do you know what they asked in 2015? What if feelings had feelings? Yeah, inside out. Eager, like, Pixar! Yeah. What if feelings had feelings? And you, you see this, the plot is this little girl, Riley, and she has these five emotions that are personified inside of her and, and their, their joy and sadness, fear, disgust, and anger. And then what happens is the plot moves forward as sadness and joy get lost, leaving only disgust, fear, and anger, kind of personifying basically adolescence. And you see this girl in her life and where her feelings carry her. I mean, is there anything greater than feeling pure joy and anything worse than sitting in deep sorrow? And I tell you that, I'm trying to make the point that this text wants you to understand is how you feel is powerful. In fact, it's so powerful, it takes you places. It takes you places. It carries you somewhere. That's what he's saying. 
We guard our heart because everything in our life flows from it. Second point, an unguarded heart will lead you astray. An unguarded heart will lead you astray. This is what he's saying in the second part of this verse in 23. Everything you do flows from it. I, I have my girls tell me this verse every single day before I drop them off at school. Proverbs 4.23, every day. Why? Because if your heart is not doing well, then you're not doing well. If your heart's not okay, then you're not okay. And what goes in your heart determines what comes out of your words and your actions and your life. Matthew verse, uh, chapter 15 says it like this. But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. And these are what defile a person. A little over a year ago, my, our, my girl's grandparents, Monica's parents, uh, got them iPod touches for Christmas iPod Touch, they call them their phones because um, they're like an iPhone, but they just don't make calls. They're, they're like an iPad mini, mini. And, um, and so they have these things they call their phones. And, and I watched as everything about them changed, this, this little bitty device. They would wake up in the morning. They used to come into our room first thing. Uh, they would go into the living room, they'd grab their phone off the charger and they'd begin to play these games. I watched how it affected their mood. I watched how they would fight over them and argue over them. I watched how if their phone ran out of battery, then all of a sudden they were grumpy. And I watched how they started, like the way they talked changed and they, they would say weird things like, Daddy, I gotta go check on my dragons, or some weird game or something. And, and I'm like, why do you gotta check on your dragons? And they're like, oh, because daddy, they're making babies. I'm like, what kind of dragons are these? What is your mother letting you do? And, and, uh, and, and I'm watching this and I'm like, this is, this is crazy. And I went to talk to them. I sat them both down. And I said, girls, I think you're addicted to your phones. And they said, daddy, aren't you addicted to your phone? And so I kicked them out. <laughs> Aren't these little LCD screens like IVs into our heart? Are they not feeding our heart? Whether it's TV or computer or our phone, just pumping information into our heart and see what we see determines what we think which determines how we feel which determines what we do what we see determines what we think which determines how we feel which determines what we do in fact what goes into our heart determines what flows out of our life and I see it every single day, week in and week out. I'll stand up here and somebody will come up and, and, and it'll be a, some sweet young lady, JP, I need help. Why do you need help? How can I help you? How can I pray for you? What can I do for you? JP, man, you just, man, I only date losers. I don't know what's wrong with me. It seems I'm only attracted to losers, bad guys. What's wrong with me? Help me. 
got a magic verse or something. Let me ask you a few questions. Will you answer these questions honestly? Sure, sure, I'll answer them honestly. They, they, they're, they think I'm going to ask about purity or something. All right, what, what's your favorite TV shows and what's your favorite songs? Oh, JP, no, man, man, I'm, I'm asking dating advice. Dating advice. Oh, no, no, we're going to get to that in just a second. Just, just humor me for a moment. What's your, what's your favorite shows? What's your favorite songs? Oh, man, I don't know, dude. I don't know, man. I mean, two Broke Girls, you've seen that? It's pretty funny. 13 Reasons Why, I've been binging on Netflix. And I don't, the Bachelorette, new season. Favorite songs, I don't know, man. I don't know, you know, Ed Sheeran, Shape of You, you know, I'm in love with your body. You know, that was Lil Drake, Lil Jason Derulo, I don't know, man, Calvin Harris, Nicki Minaj, Lil Weezy, I don't know. <laughs> what? What? Dating advice. Oh, man, I, I solved the mystery. I know your problem. I know what's wrong with you. You've gone to a university that has slowly educated you how to date losers. You basically have fed your heart slow information that over time has taught you to be a professional loser dater. That's what you've become. It was a slow, meticulous plot by the enemy to get you to a place where you would either never get married be horribly married, resent life, resent the opposite sex, and, and have no idea what your problem is, all the while singing these familiar tunes that you love while they carry you to a place further from where you want to be. Doesn't it, doesn't it sound like something your mother would tell you? I mean, does, it, does that not sound like something your Sunday school teacher, I know what I sound like right now. You know, hashtag dad life. I get it, okay. But I'm just telling you God's on to something. My, my daughter comes in. She was singing, what is the song? Um, oh, man, what was it? Uh, it was like, uh, yellow model chick, yellow bottle sipping, yellow Lamborghini, yellow top missing. Hey, hey, that looks like a toupee. I make what you make in 10 years, in two days. I'm like, <laughs> you don't make anything. <laughs> what, what are you saying right now? And she's like, I don't know. The girls at school were singing it. Like, he, 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 it's funny, right? 10-year-old, funny. You don't know either. You don't know. You don't know what he's saying. Something about a model chick and Lamborghini, top missing, uh, toupee. What's that got to do with anything? <laughs> you don't know. You have no idea. It's feeding this thing. It's just feeding it. Don't sing stuff you don't know. You hear me? Like, I, I'm just telling you, like, it's, it's taking you somewhere. Like, man, why, like, why do I look in the rearview mirror and all I see is broken relationships? what you've trained for. Am I wrong? Is the wisest man who's ever walked the planet Earth wrong? Is the creator of the heavens and the Earth wrong? 
or maybe you're wrong. Something to consider. If you're not careful with your heart, you're going to be somewhere, you're going to end up somewhere you don't want to be, a marriage you don't want to be in, an addiction that you can't shake, a harmful relationship, despair. All the while, the world is telling you to trust your heart, to follow your heart, to listen to your heart. One of my, I go to a bunch of stories about this, a lot of personal stories, a lot of folks I've talked to, but, but one I'll put in front of you is director Woody Allen, who left his wife, Mia Farrow, for her daughter, his stepdaughter, had an affair with his stepdaughter. And he was interviewed by Time Magazine and they said, how could you do this? And he had this infamous line, the heart wants what it wants. The heart wants what it wants. Didn't that sound beautiful? Doesn't that just sound to completely justify having an extramarital affair with your daughter? The heart wants what it wants. Interesting, the way that he was caught is his wife, Mia Farrow, found Nude, daughters of, uh, nude pictures of her daughter in his possession. And what I'm here to tell you is the heart doesn't want what it wants, the heart wants what it's fed. The heart doesn't want what it wants, it wants what it's fed, what it's taught, what it's told, what it's instructed, what it's shown over time. The heart wants what it's fed. You feed your heart, it's like a bloodhound on a search, seeking the next thing to devour. It wants more of whatever you gave it. It's the lie of one last time. I'm gonna look at porn one last time. You just fed something, an appetite that grew from that one last time. That was the lie you believed, and it's killing you. It works like, like Netflix. You know that line on Netflix, the because you watched line? You know, you can't, you can't get away with looking at something you shouldn't on Netflix because your roommates will be like, oh, I see, because you watched that. Here's all that, right? I mean, <laughs> you, you know, I mean, the laughter of familiarity is like, hey, Here's the deal. It's like because you saw that, you should see this and this and this and this. Because you watched that one, watch this one, watch this. Your heart works that way. It's like, oh, you want to look at that? Let me give you more. Let me give you more. Look, it's over there. Look, it's over there. It's over there. It's over there. It's, it's like a bloodhound, right? And it, and it feeds and it changes the way that we think. Man, well, my wife and I will watch Fixer Upper. You guys ever see Fixer Upper? Like, we're watching Fixer Upper. I'm like, man, that's amazing. All the shiplap, and that's awesome. And Listen, babe, listen. I think that we should sell our perfectly good house and buy a condemned house so that we can fix it up. It's a great idea. We'll watch Shark Tank, you know? And then all of a sudden, I'm walking around. I'm like, dude, I could totally, I got this idea for this invention. So I hold your phone. I mean, I just need to talk to Mark Cuban. It's going to be amazing, you know. And you watch The Bachelor. And you're like, I want to go on a date with 28 guys or girls or whatever. Like, that seems like a good idea. And you're like, no, I don't. No, I don't. But you're jealous of someone who did. How crazy is that? You envy and covet someone who did. Why? Because you fed your heart. 
That's why. It's not complicated. Social media, man. That's a big one. I had to delete Instagram from my phone because you guys, y'all like live on a vacation. <laughs> Holy cow, like some of you live in Hawaii or something. Like everywhere I look, I mean, is there, man, I'm, I, I mean, just today I look at Instagram and, and David Marvin is in Mexico with his wife and, and my day was going perfectly fine and all of a sudden I'm like, why am I not in Mexico, you know? <laughs> I'm here doing David's job, like what's up with that? need to get on a beach somewhere. And it's just heart, man. You're feeding it. it. takes you places. And so don't follow your heart. Inform your heart. That's worth writing down, tweeting, sending out, posting, spray painting under a bridge. No, don't do that. <laughs> don't follow your heart. Inform your heart. My third point is don't follow your heart until you inform your heart. See, when my girls were addicted to their phones, as their dad, I didn't know what to do, which is stupid, because I can just say, mine, <laughs> stop that. I, I can close that off. And there's, there's a war over the real estate of our hearts. And so the wisest man ever to live is gonna give us three things to consider, verses 24 through 27, and we'll end with this. He says, first of all, I want you to keep your mouth free of perversity, keep corrupt talk far from your lips. This is how you guard your heart, watch what you say. One of the ways that you can guard your heart is you watch what you say, don't entertain perverse talk. Ephesians 4, 29, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up so that it may benefit those who listen. Stop gossiping, stop slandering, stop cursing, stop talking, about, oh man, wow, look at her, wow, what I do with that, stop it. You're not in junior high locker room. Like, be careful what you say. It's affecting your heart and your life. Even sarcasm. Like, sarcasm can poison your heart if you give yourself to it. And you're like, man, dude, Sunday school talk. Run your little experiment. Like, leave here and see if I'm right. Test it. Test all things. See what happens when you say those words, when you sing those lyrics, even though you don't know what they mean, what it does to your heart. Let me show you what it does. If this is your heart, it, it does this. It just starts making it a little bit cloudy, a little bit cloudy. You're like, man, it doesn't even look cloudy right there. I don't even see any cloudy, but just a little bit. It just throws a, a tinge on this thing, this thing that you want to follow just gets a little darker. Verse 25, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. This is a big one. Be careful what you look at because what you look at, you're feeding your heart. And, and far too often, as I've said many times, far too often we're entertained by the things Christ died for. Let me, let me go close to home on this one. Is uh, A couple weeks ago, a friend of mine called me, and I love good movies. Man, if you see a good movie, holler at your boy. I love good movies and and he's like, hey, you gotta see this movie. And, uh, and so I, I watch it, and I ask him, I always ask, hey, is there, is there any nudity? He's like, no, no nudity. 
So I watch it, but it, but it just kind of glorified the club scene, the party scene, the, the, the past life, the old me. And then in one scene, there's one scene for just a moment, dude's in a club, and it's not even a strip club, but there's these two girls wearing hardly anything, dancing on a table, and I, and I see it, and it doesn't take long, and I'd love to tell you, it's like, man, I'm a pastor at the porch, and, and a, a lover of Jesus, and, and so I cut it off and ran the other direction, but I didn't. I didn't. I continued to just spoon feed my heart. And the next day, you know what happened? I woke up and I noticed every curvy girl in my path, like girls I'm not married to, others than my wife, Monica, I might, like my head's on a swell, like, oh wow, what's wrong with me? Oh, I remember I fed my heart for about 22 seconds, a scene in a movie that wasn't even what the world would call pornographic. And it messed me up. And so when you talk about really messing you up, when you indulge pornography, see some of you, you're going into your room or your bathroom with your cell phone or your computer, your laptop, and you are indulging in an extramarital affair with someone you've never met, a two-dimensional object, and it is messing you up more than you ever could realize. And I know from experience, I'm, I'm a porn addict in recovery. Porn ruined my marriage long before I ever even met my wife. We've spent the last 12 years healing from my choices before we got married, before I met her. And that's what you're doing. And it will turn your heart. And maybe pornography, maybe you're here and pornography's not your issue. Maybe it's just romantic comedies. You're sitting there, you watch it, and you wake up the next day hating life because you're single. How did this happen? When am I going to find someone? What's wrong with me? And you don't know why. It's like, oh, you watch that movie. You're feeding your heart discontentment, and you don't, you don't realize it, but it just turns a little bit if this is your heart, right? You just, a little romantic comedy, right? A little pornography just gets a little cloudier, a little cloudier, a little less trustworthy. Before I watch a movie, a free resource, you can get it in the app store, plugged in, is a great resource for you to download. Um, it will tell you if there's nudity or not. It will tell you the sexual content of the movie, um, language, that sort of thing. Verse 26, give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. He's saying, hey, be careful where you go and who you're with. Okay, we say all the time here, you may need to change your playmates in your playground. That may be what you need to do. If you're, if you're asking right now, I wonder if I need to change my playmates in my playground, I can pretty much guarantee you, you do. And so let me walk you through what that looks like because people are like, JP, are you saying that I, I should just get rid of all my friends? Yes. And, and they say, well, how do I do that? And I say, you delete all their numbers. Um, you send them a text, maybe, courtesy text, we can't hang out anymore, you know, that's how you do it. And like, well, that sounds rude. It sounds like survival. Like some of you are like, man, I'm so tired of getting drunk. Well, cool, hang out with sober people, <laughs> okay? 
That will help a lot. And you're like, dude, you want me to get rid of all my friends? That sounds so lonely. Look around you. Like, I don't know where you're at listening to this, but my hunch is you're probably surrounded by some Christians. And you could stick out your hand and say, hey, nice to meet you. Uh, can you help me? And um, <laughs> here in Dallas, we have open community group. You're going to walk in these rooms here in a minute. It's going to be amazing. Make some new friends. Okay? We can help you. We see people do it all the time. It changes their life. I know it's hard, but it's not complicated. It may feel difficult, but it's not complicated. And so it says, keep your foot far from evil. This is an easy one. If something seems evil, stay far from it. Don't think about it. Don't entertain it. Don't touch it. You know, get away from it. And, and so you're like, well, what's evil? See, something good can be evil when it becomes ultimate Something that's actually good can become something evil when it becomes ultimate to you. And so just be careful of what your idols are. But I think a lot of times I talk to people and they just don't have a good understanding of what's evil and what's not. Like, like this other conversation that I have up here a lot is, is guys will say, man, you know, hey, my story is real similar to yours. And they'll kind of look away and I'm like, I know what that means. You're struggling with porn, huh? And, um, and they'll say, yeah, man, I'm struggling with pornography. Cool, how do you access porn? Oh, bro, my, uh, man, my cell phone, iPhone. Okay, all right. Where's your phone? Here, my pocket. Oh, I got you. thought you said you were struggling with porn. You're carrying it around with you everywhere you go. That's different. Can we agree that's different? So you made it kind of sound like you were fighting it, like you're waging war with it. You, you're not waging war with it. You're carrying around a portal to all kinds of nude images that you want at any time in your pocket. Well, what do you want me to do, dude? You want me to get rid of my phone? Yes. You want me to be the only dude on the planet without a phone? Yes. Man, that sounds legalistic. No, turn to Matthew 5 where Jesus says, gouge out your eye, and we can talk about legalistic. Where he says, cut off your hand, and we can talk about legalism. I'm just saying get rid of your iPhone. You can get a flip phone, you know? <laughs> Dude, you want me to be the only uncool brother with a flip phone? Yes, I do. And you can have a clean heart. It'll be awesome. Your flip phone, clean heart, all is well in the world. <laughs> you got to ask yourself, what are the things that you're looking at? Because it's poison to this thing. It's poison to your heart. You look at something, and before you realize it, right? just messes it up. You just give it a little dose. A little dose over time. It turns on you, bro. And how are you going to follow that? How are you going to trust that? Where is that going to take you? And it just gets that way. Because of what you consume. And because of what you do, faster than you realize, when you feed your heart more of what it asks for, often you feed it less of what it needs. And so what I'm telling you is that if you have a work obsession or you're struggling with purity or sobriety or insecurities, would you just please consider what you're feeding your heart? You might be able to identify the problem. In summary, don't follow an unguarded heart. 
an unguarded heart will lead you astray. And don't follow your heart until you inform your heart. It's, it's interesting, as I was researching our friend Vinny, uh, he's actually a model. You know, he does kind of some obscure shoots. If somebody's looking for someone who looks like an alien, then that's, that's his occupation. And, uh, and he did this one that was entitled, My Heart is Poison. And so here's a picture of it. That's him, you know, behind the Photoshop or whatever that is. But, but the image is called, My Heart is Poison. And as I saw that and preparing for this, I thought, you know, he got it right. Like, imagine if his friend said, Vinny, I know you want to do this, but your heart is poisoned. And you need a clean heart. You need to, to clean your heart before you can trust it, before you follow it. And, and so how do you clean your heart, right? It, there's nothing new under the sun. You're not going to grow closer to God without doing the things that you know you need to do. There's no shortcuts. There's no way that, that you're just not gonna wake up tomorrow and end when the sun sets so much closer to God without prayer and without studying the scriptures, without joining a, a community of believers and without diving into a church and serving. And so you can imagine, right? It's like, I don't know what to do. You could start with finding a church and getting connected there, right? And it will just, it will start to clean your heart a little bit, right? Just a little bit. It will start to clean your heart. Oh, that was the wrong one, sorry. Just a little bit, a little bit, it will start to clean your heart. Not much at all. But then you start to study the scriptures, start to read the Bible. Start to understand God's word. And a little more, right? It's just you're instructing your heart. You're showing it where to go. And a little more. It may get just a tiny bit lighter. And then as you grow in your relationship with him, and you incorporate the spiritual disciplines, you surround yourself with, with believers, folks who are holding you accountable, and, and you, you change what you're doing and the way that you're spending your time. And then before you realize it, God's Holy Spirit is purifying that which the world sought to ruin. And you have a clean heart. And you think for a moment, you think, but doesn't Jesus clean my heart? See, some of you, your problem tonight is not that you're not reading the Bible, not that you're not praying, and not that you're not a member of a church, and not that you're not in community. And it's not that you're, you, you love Nicki Minaj, and it's not that you're watching 13 Reasons Why, and, and it's not that you, you know, cuss and gossip and, and the things you say. Your problem is you don't have a relationship with the creator of the heavens and the earth. You have not trusted in his son, Jesus Christ, his provision for you on the cross, that he died for your abortion, that he died for your porn problem, that he died for your, your, the fact that you worship food or you worship yourself or you think about yourself too much, that he died for your impurity, that he, that he died for your, your uh, sex, your, 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 the things that you've worshiped. Christ died for them. And you've heard that and you you. You, you have been to church before, you read the scripture, but you haven't trusted in it. And you're going through this life with a broken, messed up, degenerate heart. And what I want you to know is, is right now, God desires to give you a new one. One that can work well. One that can consume the scripture. One that seeks relationships with other believers. 
one that desires to talk to God. If you're struggling with those things, you may consider, do I have a new heart? And you may go to God and you say, God, I, I have sinned against you in the things that I've worshiped, in my relationships, in the way that I've dated or the way that I've wanted to date, in, in the things that I've done in the privacy of my bedroom. I've sinned against you in what I've drank, snorted, smoked, consumed. I've sinned against you, I've ran from you. I flipped you off and ran the opposite direction. I've sinned against you in my self-righteousness, in my legalism, in my thinking that I'm good enough. And God says, son, daughter, look at me. I love you. I know you've done those things. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. He says he delights in forgiving us. He says... Paul's letters to the Corinthians, I, I'm no longer counting your sins against you. Wow. Would you just trust in my provision of my son, Jesus? I love you. I hate your sin. Someone has to die, so I did it. Don't you get it? I did it for you. Would you trust in that? It'll give you a clean heart. You can start anew tonight. A new heart. A new spirit put inside of you. Take out your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. It's great news. Can we just pray for a minute? I'm going to lead you in prayer as we wrap up. It's going to take some focus on your part. There's an enemy. He hates you. He's going to try to distract you with a lot of thoughts right now, and I just want you to stay focused and close your eyes. I want you to ask God to reveal to you idols hidden in your heart. The things you are tempted to love more than him right now. If your mind's already drifted, God feels far, you've never done this before, you might start by asking him to help you trust in the provision of his son, Jesus Christ, as a payment for your sins. Stay focused. You're asking God to reveal idols in your heart. Search deep. What are they? Idols. Things that you're tempted to love more than him. A relationship. Material things. A job. Money. You. Ask God to reveal unhealthy habits at the campuses, you too, ask God to reveal unhealthy habits that could be shows that you can't miss, Utivo, music. It may be things you read or look at that lure your heart away from him. God, would you please reveal to us unhealthy habits things we watch and listen to, things we read, things we look at, things we do. Would you ask God to give you the courage to take the steps necessary to rid your life of evil? As you run an audit, you've embraced some things that are simply worldly. Maybe may be weird, 
may be different. You're called to be an alien, a stranger in a foreign land. God, would you help us to take the courage, to take the steps necessary to rid our lives of evil? Stay focused. If your mind is drifted, fight for it. There's an enemy who hates you. Would you ask God to help you replace those things with healthy habits of reading his word, praying regularly, talking to him, joining a church, surrounding yourself with what we call community, other believers. It's a makeover. Make no mistake about it, it is a new life. It may be radical. That may be what you need to do right now, something crazy. Ask him for help. You wake up tomorrow, start your day in his word. In this day by talking to him, joining a church, community. Father in heaven, would you please reveal to us the idols hidden in our heart, the things that we are tempted to love more than you. And God, would you please help us to see the unhealthy habits that we have, the shows that we watch, the music that we listen to, the the literature that lures our heart away from you, God. And would you give us the courage, please, to help us to take the steps necessary to rid our lives of all things evil. The things that we love more than you, God, would you remove them? Terrifying prayer you remove them and God would you help us to replace those things with with healthy activities the pursuit of you the love for you uh, of reading your word knowing your word understanding it studying it praying talking to you God joining a church being under the authority of of leaders in a church and, and joining a community of believers would you take our hearts Lord you speak what is true, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.